Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are kicking off our two-part 80s celebration, which we may next year or some other time have to do this longer and include television and stuff. But we are going to kick it off with 80s movies. So this should be a lot of fun. I know my panelists are already wanting to kick me because I limited the number they could choose to three in certain categories. So, <laughs> but... But we're going to do a speed round at the end. We're going to do like a speed round, honorable mention thing, and I'll let people get out those other picks that may have not been mentioned, and we'll try not to steal each other's picks. So <laughs> we'll see how that happens. They're like, uh-uh, that's not happening. Um, we need like but, a buzzer or something. Yeah. <laughs> a buzzer. That, yes, yes. I need to get one of the soundboards installed and do that. <laughs> you can't say that one. Uh, but before I have my panelists introduce themselves, just a quick housekeeping note that we are on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show for as little as $3 a month, head on over to the link in our show notes or head on over to our social media and click link tree there. You'll help us continue to do all the amazing things we do, bring these, and then also our live streams, our special live streams that we do, a bunch of other things. You'll get some bonus content like our Lucifer episode, Freaks and Geeks. We're going to hopefully have some more stuff coming soon. And like I've been hyping, next year, you are going to get bonus episodes covering every single season of American Horror Story. So we're going to cover every season except for season 10. Well, we're going to cover the first half of season 10 for reasons which you all know. Okay, so I'm going to go around and have my panelists introduce themselves and tell me one thing they're into right now. Carla. Hi. Well, this week... I am super duper into Mark Anthony's music. I'm, I'm always into it, but I've just been extra into it this week, especially his 1995 album, Todo Su Tiempo, which is for me, like probably still up there with his best. It's it's like like in my top three of his albums. It has like just so many amazing classics. And I, I, I'm looking at, at, the, at the song list right now and every single song is the best you know it's like oh this song is the best you know you, you hear it come up in your playlist and you're like oh i love this song it's the best song and then another song comes up and like, oh, this song is even better than that one and then yeah so it's just non-stop hits on this album awesome well i love when we get music recommendations because it doesn't happen that often but our next episode will be filled with music and judy what are you into right now Hi, yeah, I'm Judy, and um, I am watching the Netflix live-action version of Cowboy Bebop. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, it's based on an anime, and I live with two young men who love anime, and this has been their favorite anime forever, so they're like, they were so hyped to watch it, and uh, we're, we're definitely, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm only about halfway through, so I can't give it a definitive, you know, this is the greatest thing ever, or this is terrible yet. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. The fight scenes are great. It's got some fun humor in it. And 
the world is is kind of unique. It it definitely gives me sort of like Firefly vibes because it's like cowboys in space. So awesome! And um, shout out to friend of the pod Jesse, who his second season, his first season was sudden but inevitable, was covering Firefly. And then their second season, they covered uh, Cowboy Bebop. So go check that out. Check out his podcast. Check out the first season. And now they're doing movies. So check that out. And then I don't know what they're going to be doing for the next one. And Sasha, what are you into? Well, you will be happy to know that I finished the assassination of Johnny Versace. (laughs) Yay! I know. Yay! Yeah, so I finished it. I had to take a break for a little bit, but I did finish it today. And uh, it was phenomenal. So I know I'm late to that game. But if you haven't seen it, uh, see it. And it's funny because I know they they hyped it as the assassination of Johnny Versace. But it's really the Andrew mm-hmm. Cunanan story. Because it's all how every all the events that led up to it. Um, which for me as a true crime buff was super spot on fun, good times. Um, so it was, a, it was definitely enjoyable. I highly... Highly recommend it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and um, on a scale of 20 to 20, how good did you think Darren Chris was? Uh, like 27. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, he blew Amazing, me away. Right? <laughs> yeah, he blew me away because I knew him from Glee, which is a very mm-hmm. different version of him. <laughs> so the like happy beboppy let's sing everything versus the hey i'm just gonna flat out bash your skull and it's fine he was a phenomenal his acting was stellar super creepy there were several scenes where i was like i don't i this makes me itchy i don't like this make it stop just make it stop so next on my list is american horror story 1984 for you so i'm getting there i'm getting there Sasha's making my whole day. Yes, yes. And and it, it wouldn't be me if I didn't ask. How did you like Finn Whitrock in? <laughs> so Finn Rit- Whitrock had Finn Whitrock. Rit- I... <laughs> it's okay. It's the ongoing thing. Your boyfriend uh, did not have hair in that show. It They, well, sure. they kept showing it like very buzzed. I know that he was military, so it was kind of funny. He was good. He was good. I have no complaints about him. I mean, he's adorable, but I mean, Darren Chris really. Oh, I know. It's his whole show. It's his show. It was That's... phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. That ma- that makes me so happy. And I just quickly want to say, because <laughs> Sasha sent me the one of the funniest DMs I've ever gotten when she had finished episode, when she'd started episode four, which I think episode four and episode eight are the best episodes of that. They're very creepy. Um, especially episode eight, I think is really super, super creepy. And the episode four is just really sad too. And she sent me this message and she said, your one boyfriend just (laughs) killed your other boyfriend with a hammer. (laughs) Brutally, brutally. Yeah, that was, that was one of the funniest ones, but yes. I didn't know how else to put it. I'm like, your one boyfriend murdered your other boyfriend. So like your boyfriends are having issues, fix them. (laughs) That was funny. And we did cover American Crime Story. Uh, so go and listen to that. It was that, that was probably the most positive Ryan Murphy episode we did. Because, well, Ryan Murphy is not as involved in those as other things. So that's why they're good. And this is Aaron. And what I'm into is there is, speaking of true crime, Sasha, there is a true crime docu-series 
on HBO Max called Buried. Have you seen this yet, Sasha? Oh, no, I have not. You should see this also because it has a lot to do with mental health. And this is the story, true story, of Eileen Franklin, who this was back in 1989, who suddenly through recovered memories or recovered memories, she started remembering that she witnessed the rape and murder of her childhood best friend by her father. And her father went to trial. It's about that. Uh, the episode switched back and forth between whether or not you believe that this is a true memory or not. Her father was a complete scumbag. There's no denying that. But it's just kind of just trying to decide if those are real or not. So that's on HBO Max. Really good. Four, only four episodes. If you love true crime, definitely, definitely watch it. Okay, so let's get into 80s movies. And let's see how many people are going to get mad at each other. No. <laughs> For stealing their choices. So I'm limiting it to three. But like I said, we'll have a speed round at the end. So Carla, we're going to start with comedies. And you can include romantic comedies. Judy's leaving because she's already so worried. Um <laughs> <laughs> Judy's like, I don't even want to hear what Carl is going to say. because I, I <laughs> She's going to take all of mine and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, uh, Carla, what are th- your three, some of your favorite comedies? Three of them. Okay. I just want to start out that I was a child in the 80s. I did not have standards. That... Um, it, it should mean also that, you know, like I've grown and I've learned stuff and I've become a more conscientious and aware person, but that doesn't take away the fact that these things are like just things that I love and that I, 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 I can't seem to let go of, which is why I'm going to go ahead and start with Overboard because <laughs> Overboard is one of those movies that if I had never watched it before and I watch it now, I would be like, that is horrible. I can't believe that this man is basically gaslighting this woman and stealing her from her actual life and all of these horrible things. But back then it was just like really cute, just like adorable. And the kids were so adorable. They were so sweet. You just really fell in love with them. And Kurt Russell was a hottie and Goldie Hawn was a hottie. And so they're two hotties often skimpily clad, making eyes at each other and just having this weird adventure. And I just, I loved it so much. There were so many lines that I knew from it by heart. My sister and I were constantly saying them to each other, just out of context, you know, like when, um, when she, she's asking her, her butler, you know, was I really that horrible? And he imitates her. He says, um, Andrew, my earrings fell off between, what was it, like, whatever, something, something street and something, something street. Find them. <laughs> and so we would constantly say to each other, find them. So, yeah. But it, it's, looking at it now, not the best movie. Like, so many just bad things in it. But it's still, ugh, I loved it. And I watched the remake recently. I, I'm not a big fan of remakes. But it did have Anna Ferris and it had Eugenio Derbez, who was one of my favorite actors from Mexico or just in general. And they, they did their best. They did their best. It, it just it, it wasn't the same charm and magic from the kind of creepy way that that they did it back in the 80s. 
Um, is that the movie that they met on? Because they're mar- or they're together in real life. So is that the they movie? are together? I'm I'm not I sure that if that's someone that they met. So. I have no idea. Yeah, okay. I don't know if it was or not, but but yeah, and then but I just know that, that yeah that they're like their chemistry is enduring. And I just, I love them. Please, please, God, please, if they ever break up, I swear, I don't, I don't know what I'll do. Please don't let. Her. <gasps> I'm gonna go light a candle to the patron saint of Hollywood marriages. Okay, I know they're one of those, just like <laughs> with, with Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon as well. That yeah, and Tom one. Hanks and Rita Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of these yeah. ones that'd be like, oh my gosh, no. Exactly. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Another one is Honey I Shrunk the Kids. That it, it's it's a movie that. It, it's just great fun, and it combines a lot of my favorite elements of 80s movies, which is that a lot of these movies seem to involve kids, but without making them seem like a chore to involve them. Like, I feel like a lot of movies more recently, they kind of treat kids like they have to be, like they have to be extra precocious, and they have to be jaded and, and all of this. But the movies in the 80s, that had kids all the kids were just kids there wasn't some big need for them to be anything more than that the thing another thing that i like about this is that it has that you know goofy quirky science dad which is my favorite my favorite kind of of dad trope you know like science dad is going to try to make your life easier but he makes it more complicated by accident oops science dad <laughs> and, and i just i also, love rick moranis like, I was just gonna so say awesome. yes. <laughs> I had the biggest crush on Rick Moranis. Okay, like I, I loved Rick Moranis. Look, okay, that tracks. And, <laughs> yes, it does. Because my my crushes from from movies in the eighties were like Eugene Levy and Rick Moranis and Curtis Armstrong. So you know, like that's just me. All right, you can have your your Tom Cruises and whatever. I'll just I'll, I'll I'll be over here like just making googly eyes at Rick Moranis and Honey Shrunk the Kids. Okay, this is one, another one of those movies. That, first of all, why is a child watching this movie? Second of all, whoa, there's so much going on in this movie. And third of all, I'll go back to why is a child watching this movie? And I blame my parents. And here is why. Okay, in 1984, when we were still living in Mexico, my dad showed up with this magical contraption called a VCR. And so he plugged the, the VCR into the television and our lives were forever altered. And he, he brought with him like all of these tapes of, of movies um, that he wanted us to, to watch. He also brought some for my mom. And um, he had also recorded a bunch of TV shows because he wanted us to be exposed to, to English because, you know, he knew that, that nobody around us was speaking it. And also he wanted us to, to see black people on the screen. So he recorded a lot of like Cosby show and, and stuff like that. And like, that's what we watched a lot of, but in the movies that he included for mom that I ended up decided deciding, Hey, I'm going to want this too, was trading places and trading places. <laughs> while it is a hilarious romp is also wildly inappropriate for a seven, eight year old. Okay. And still, I loved it back then. I love it now. It is not the best movie, but it it was like a solid comedy hit. And I loved it. And there was a lot more nudity than probably advisable for a child that age. A lot more like uh, adult situations that I shouldn't be watching, but I did. And I'm still mostly okay. So, you know, 
I'm, I'm I'm fine, everybody. I'm fine. You can you can you can you know like just can't go back in time and fix it anyway. But I loved it. I loved it. I loved Eddie Murphy. I loved Dan Aykroyd. I thought um, that the comeuppance that they get on on the the old guys was just like the the best, the, like the sweetest, just mwah, chef's kiss moment. And it's it, it raised like it, it set up a high bar for me for how things should 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 turn out for bad guys. You know, like they should have everything taken from them. They should be miserable, and the good guys should be out on a beach somewhere enjoying their hard-earned loot, clinking their champagne glasses. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. or beer or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It, it, it's again not the best movie. Definitely not a good movie for a child. Definitely not. But I, it has a, a big place in my heart. Well, Overboard was on my long list, but you didn't take any other ones up. <laughs> Amazing. And Judy, yours? Yeah, this was a hard category because Hades just had so many great comedies. And when I sat down to like, you know, kind of brainstorm and figure out what my favorites in all of the categories where I was talking to my sons about it, and, you know, I raised them on 80s movies. And they were like, well, the reason they were so great is because they were a lot of original ideas. Um, you know, nowadays, everything is kind of like either from a book, Marvel, can't even think of like, or a remake. Like, it's, it doesn't feel like the movies today are nearly as original. So yeah, I had this, this is a long list. <laughs> I'm going to start with Back to the Future, because it's just such a classic, and it absolutely just set the bar for time travel movies. Um, I mean, how many other time travel movies have either like paid homage to this one or um, tried to do it as well? It just, I just feel like they just did it so well. And uh, Michael J. Fox was just, just one of those people that has that it, you know what I mean? You can't take your eyes off him. He's just so, he just has it. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it, but you just want to watch him. Um, it's, he's just so much fun and just absorbs that screen. It's wonderful. There's a little bit of weird stuff. Like, you know, why was his best friend, uh, you know, 50 year old, uh, science, uh, it's, that's a little weird. <laughs> and, um, I don't know if you saw the, uh, Netflix does this, like the movies that made us series mm -hmm. and they did one about back to the future. And I remember one of the things that like shocked me about it is the original actor who was going to play him wasn't getting it because he was playing it as this tragedy. And mm -hmm. when you really think about it, it's like, oh my God, it kind of is. Like this guy comes back to a life that he never lived. Like everybody else around him knows, you know, lived an entire life that he didn't. He has no memory. He doesn't have the same memories that they do or anything. I'm like, wow, it really is a tragedy when you think about it that way. <laughs> but yep. it's on my list because it. Uh, I just, I just love it. It's so much fun. The original actor was Eric Stoltz. Yep. Yes. Yes. And yes. It, it, it's like, yeah, yeah. But can I just? I can't even. Oh. Well, can I can't imagine him ha having actually like completed the role. No thanks. 
there are clips out there that you can find of uh, some of the clips of Eric Stoltz. Apparently, some of, the he, scenes. some of the scenes that he did, like like the back of him or whatever, made it in just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Crispin Glover was really good friends with Eric Stoltz and mm. was furious that that happened. I mean, he was pissed. It kind of tainted his whole experience, I think, really? doing the rest of it. But yeah, there's 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 also a great documentary on Hulu about the fandom surrounding Back to the Future. It's it's insane. The fandom, I mean, they they do like their own conventions. That's why we're going to cover it at some point on this show. We have to. Plus, it's the movie that got me into movies. So, yeah. So, we definitely, yep. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. I just wanted to say list. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next one on my list, and this is kind of another nod to uh, what Carla was talking about, is Goonies. The way that the <laughs> everybody is making these. Damn it, faces. <laughs> Sorry. Feel free to chime in with my discussion if you have something to say, because Goonies is so, so good. And it's it does that thing where it totally respects kids. You know, these kids are just, um, you know, they all have these unique personalities. And yeah, they're a little, they're all a little over the top, but just so much fun and infinitely rewatchable. I, if I'm scrolling through the channels and it's on, I'm going to stop and I'm going to rewatch it. And I never get bored. Don't get me wrong. It might be on my phone a little here and there, but <laughs> I can just, I never get, never get tired of it. It's funny. It's clever. It's got a lot of heart and, you know, prime Steven Spielberg time, you know, like some of his, his best work there in the eighties. And the truffle shuffle, <laughs> like the truffle shuffle. Come on. So iconic yes and the hey you guys yes. <laughs> absolutely yes uh, oh. so many good things i have a, a goonies t-shirt and just every time i go out somebody will will like either just point it in like you know give me the knowing look like hey 80s person yes 80s person we recognize each other or we'll just say that's the best movie and i'll be like i know <laughs> it is it is so good still to this day so that one had to go on my top three and I'm going to cheat a little bit here on number three and just kind of lock all of the um, Steve Martin stuff together because the 80s were just like prime Steve Martin time and just like hit after hit after hit. I've always been a Steve Martin fan. If you haven't read his book, Born Standing Up, it's very good. Go read it. But yeah, I just I just loved all of his stuff um, in the 80s. But my favorite of all of those would have to be Roxanne and he wrote it didn't just just start it so that's kind of another great thing but I just love it had like so much it was funny you know it definitely had that Steve Martin goofy humor but it had so much heart too you know and of course a good lesson of you know don't judge a book by its cover and all of that kind of stuff um based on Cerno de Bergerac but yeah so like I said, uh, Steve Martin just hit after hit. Love them all, but Roxanne was my favorite. Great picks there. So, yes. Sasha, did she take every single one? No, <laughs> no. Nice. I actually survived. I, Goonies was in my top three, so that one got swiped. But and Overboard was one of my alternates, so I'm good. I feel like we're playing like a bingo kind of thing. I really here. Is. I know. <laughs> I'm just you should have made like an '80s bingo card. That would have been pretty awesome. Yeah, I should have done that. I'll have to do that for something we do. I don't know. 
Right? So my number one comedy is going to be Clue. Uh Uh-oh, sorry, Aaron. (laughs) Okay, I have a lot of (laughs) alternates. (laughs) Just watching Aaron's face go, ah! Um, Clue, I just, it's one of those for me, and I agree with Carla, like, a lot of the movies you go, man, there's some problematic stuff in it right now. But my brain goes, I was a kid in the 80s, so it's just, like, ingrained and near and dear. And so when I saw like problematic tropes, I'm like, what problematic tropes? The 80s movies have no problematic tropes. What are you talking about? They're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is like, no, yeah. I know. We're I'm Gen like, X. We're tough. None of that stuff matters. So bad. But uh, yeah, so Clue is at the top of my list. And it's just because... I can, like Judy said, for Goonies, I can jump in at any point. It doesn't matter. I think my husband probably watches it like four or five times a year. I watch it a couple of times. Like, it's just a staple in our house, you know, and there's just great moments and quotes. And my favorite is, you know, flames, the heat (laughs) and the flames, my head, you know, and the when they're counting the bullets and the one plus two plus two to a son, they can't figure out how many bullets are in the gun. And it's just... Tim Curry, everything about it, I love. I just, I I love that movie. Part of it is also, I think, because of that movie and playing games as a kid, Clue is one of my favorite board games. So for my birthday, <laughs> um, my husband ordered me a custom Clue cake that was the board and had all the pieces. And we did a big Clue-themed birthday where everybody came as a character. That is awesome. Um, yeah, it was it was super fun. Um, I'll have to find the pictures and I'll throw them. If I can find the pictures from it, I'll throw them up on my Instagram so that because that's yeah how I have people find me. Um, so Clue is my number one. Goonies was my second, but it got swiped, so we'll come back. Adventures in Babysitting. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no one said this one yet. No one's gonna say it. <laughs> I can like. No, I can, no, I'll, I'll no. Eat it. I have so many more. Okay. I just, no, um, <laughs> Adventures in babysitting for me was just hysterical and ridiculous and so over the top. Like everything that happened, it was just like, well, that that can't. How can it get possibly worse? And then you got the poor girl who's like, oh, look at the puppy. It's a rat. She doesn't have her glasses. You know. They find the mechanic and the little girl's convinced he, that he's Thor. Like the whole thing. Adventures in Babysitting is just one of those. I just love it. It's just a fun romp. Okay. Well, now I'm scared because I don't want to steal another one. Oh, I, okay. I'll go with Who Framed Roger Rabbit because I know Aaron doesn't like. Actually, I love that movie. It's, God, it's on my long list. <laughs> Sorry. So I like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Again, this is another one. My husband watches TV when he goes to bed and he'll put on movies. I'll wake up at like two o'clock in the morning and this will be playing. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then I can't go back to sleep because I have to watch it from wherever it is. But I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I love the mix of the animation and just the comedic timing that they do with all of it, with the live action and that. Um, It was pretty, I think cutting edgy for its time period to mix them like that and i mean it's roger rabbit and his gorgeous wife who loves him because he makes her laugh and she's not bad she's just drawn that way 
which became a big line for everything. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are my top three. I'm sorry, Aaron. Do you no, want to kick a- me off the show now or do I get to add more movies no, later? I'm like, I'm the last oh. one. I'm going to get, I'm the one who's going to have the most stolen. It just right. means you have good taste. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I tried to also put ones on here that I'm like, they're a little bit out there. So maybe they won't get stolen or forgotten in the whole mix. That's why um, I had Adventures in Babysitting. Cause I was like, nobody's going to remember that one. That's why I had Adventures in Babysitting, but. Our yeah, I have a couple oddballs on my alternate list. I'm interested to see if anybody brings them. Right? <laughs> well, one that I am shocked, beyond shocked. I put it on here. I'm like, Aaron, this is going to be stolen first round. I mean, by the first, per- by Carla. By, and then when Carla didn't say it, Judy's going to say it. And then Sasha didn't say it. I was like, oh, wow. And that's big with Tom Hanks. I mean, that's just, I mean, yes, there are a lot of problematic elements in the fact that a woman falls in love with <laughs> boy basically i mean that's problematic you know to a whole other level but you forgive it because it's such a sweet movie and it's it shouldn't work back then yes yes and that was take out the top bunk <laughs> and that oh, was that the same with somebody like i want on top <laughs> <laughs> is so good in that movie and you know that was a trope in the 80s was those body swap movies you know there were tons of them and this was the only one I think that actually worked out of those that like holds up still to this day I mean like it's really it's still really good it's really well done like I said Tom Hanks is so so good in this role because he gets it perfectly you know I think Going ahead in time, I think uh, Jennifer Garner is the only other one that's done this kind of role on the same level as Tom Hanks in, in 13 Going on 30. I think she captured the same kind of way, just female side. But yeah, I love, love Big. Love that one so much. Uh, just certain scenes in it just really hit me. And I know for me, when I was a kid watching it, I always wanted to grow up. I did not want to be a kid. I hated being a kid. And I couldn't wait to be an adult. And so it was kind of like that for me. I'm like, I wish I could do that. And I had this thing of wanting to, you know, like the fashion in there that she would be wearing, like the suits she was wearing, all that stuff. I was like, oh, those are so cool. And some of the styling of like the loft, that was like my dream was to live in like a huge loft downtown somewhere. So it was like spoke to a lot of that. It was just so much fun. I just, I love that movie so much. And then I'll shout out another Tom Hanks movie that I'm also surprised didn't get taken. And that's Splash with Daryl Hannah, where Splash is. Where that's on my list. <laughs> More importantly, with Eugene Levy. Oh, yes, with, Eugene, with, with Carla's boyfriend, Eugene Levy. <laughs> I just forget that he was in that one until you said that. But I yes. can't believe you forgot. I mean, like, he was so dreamy. Goofy old science guy. Yeah. He's the bad guy, but who cares? Yes, this is Eugene Levy. <laughs> you definitely learn through doing this podcast who everybody's types are, and I think they kind of stay. <laughs> when you're a kid, it kind of—I mean, Michael J. Fox was my first celebrity crush, but even with that, I still—I think that while we go on, we just kind of hold this same kind of thing. Kind of, I don't know. Everybody's looking at me like, whatever. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do. Yes, your words I've, make I've sense. I've gotten over my Tommy Lee crush. <laughs> your Tommy Lee crush. 
that was mine. <laughs> that was yours. Yeah. Well, I had a lot like, you know, Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. And, Boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland was one. And Christian Slater was later 80s or the 90s. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to mention twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. One of the only Arnold Schwarzenegger movies I absolutely love. And I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually incredibly good in this movie. I think it's so funny. Um, and I think Danny DeVito is great too, but it's just such a funny concept. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, you know, because it's so out of his wheelhouse, at least from what you knew him as, because he plays such a sweet, sweet, kind guy who just really just wants to be with his brother. And I don't, it's just, it's, it's, and it's such a silly concept that your twin, you know, you look so different, height different, look different, everything like that. But he was so sweet, his character, and he just wanted to embrace his brother that he lost, that it was just like, oh, maybe I do like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then I watched other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and I went, no, I do not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Even Kindergarten Cop? Even True Lies? Oh, I like True Lies. That's not true. I do like True Lies. <laughs> and, and I like okay, uh, Terminator. I was going to say, I, Terminator's know, on my list. <laughs> I'm it's not, not even mind, like, so. like like an Arnold stand by any by any means, but like those are some movies. That, you gotta give him those, okay? <laughs> He's not a perfect man. He's not even necessarily a good man, but he made a couple good movies. Well, I mean, like maybe I I think what I'm thinking is I wasn't really big into like action stuff when I was younger, so for me it was like, oh, okay, this really is not my jam. Yeah, I, th I mean, I didn't, I mean, Terminator 2 was actually like, I love, I think that's one of the most brilliant movies ever made, honestly, <laughs> one of the most terrifying too, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, all the Arnold Schwarzenegger fans that listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> and to you too, Arnold, because I'm sure you listen as well. Oh, but totally. He sits in, in his in his mansion, just sitting there going, Erdin, I do not agree with that take. <laughs> What is this Erdin talking <laughs> yeah. about dead and grease again? <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Your accent. Okay, well, we're going to move on to dramas. And I don't know if this was as hard for everyone as comedies, but was it, Carla? Not really. Like, 80s dramas. Just dramas in general. I'm not huge on, on drama movies. Drama movies. Because drama everything else apparently is fine by me but of drama movies from the 80s one that always sticks out for me is cocoon because i thought that was a great movie like i just i really loved the the Aaron's just saying they're like no like i have a story laughing. i have a story and she's <laughs> sorry sorry like you just see her face i'm like what is wrong with cocoon is a perfectly good movie like what is the matter are you questioning my taste oh my god but i i watched it in the 80s it was not traumatizing so yay for that and it, it really it, it um it, and you know you would think that just you know living in general and being in a multi-generational home that i would already have like a, a, a more of an empathy for older people and and aging and all of that but it really took cocoon to <laughs> to bring it home the idea that you know as much as young people live with this idea of like i'm never gonna die 
and also the competing idea of like everybody dies holy crap that's an awful awful reality to face that just because you get older doesn't mean that it gets any less scary the idea of dying and there was i thought that cocoon was a really beautiful moving movie and it really and Aaron's just sitting there like about to bust a gut and I'm i just sorry sorry <laughs> sorry no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, revealing sorry. all of my emotions for this like 1980s classic, and she's like just about to bust a gut over Cocoon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's okay. I will move on then to Dirty Dancing, and I know like it's 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 a it's a musical. It's um, a bit of a of a romantic. It's more than a little bit of a romantic story, but it really is a drama. It, it, it it's about a young girl who this is her coming of age story and this is how she's discovering the world it um it, it just highlights so many things that i think a lot of of movies even now don't necessarily really dive into in the way that dirty dancing did where yes it's not uh like a like a super feminist movie i guess so to speak because it does rely on her falling in love with the guy and on the guy bringing out this other side of her. But th there is a lot of, of grit and independence to baby. And she, she really learns to take charge of her own life to a point through experiencing this, you know, other side of the tracks kind of life for a little bit. And it was the, it, you know, the, the the scene where Johnny's friend gets very sick after the back alley abortion attempt. I had no idea what the hell was going on. I was like, does she have the flu? Like, why is she so sick? You know, like, and even though it's kind of spelled out in the movie, I had no idea. You know, I went to Catholic school all my life. Like, at, at, the, at the age that I was when the movie came out and a few years later, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. You know, like. Why are they crawling towards each other? It just, it just looks ridiculous. You know, like all of these like sexy, sexy things and all these grown up, grown up things just way over my head, way over my head. But that's the great thing with Dirty Dancing is that if you if you watched it from back then to now, you're still picking up a lot of things and you're still getting a new appreciation for a lot of the things that that the movie presented even back then. Also, again, hot people falling in love. You know, it's a, it's a really good formula for me. That's yeah, love it. I feel like it's a shame that they picked the name Dirty Dancing because yes. it it made everybody think that it was just some silly teen um, dancing movie or something. Right. But it, well, but it more absolutely it, wasn't, and it was about so much more. Um, yeah. But it, it also made it seem like a taboo thing where the the taboo is oh, it, it's a dirty movie about people being sexy and about like sexy things happening. And oh, no, all of this, you know, it's going to corrupt the young minds. OK, like calm down, you know, some young minds didn't even get it. So, you know, like just, you know, chill. Well, you do see his ass for like a split second. <laughs> Sorry, I just remember when in the theaters when they showed that. Oh my gosh, you should have heard people in the theater. 
Because <laughs> my mom didn't want me to see this movie because of that very thing. And then she went and saw it. Oh, no, you can see it. So she took mm -hmm. us to it. And people, when you saw his ass for two seconds, were like, what? <laughs> like, they should just shut up and consider themselves lucky, okay? I mean, come on. And for, for my last one in this category, did you ever watch a film called Beaches? And then cry yourself to sleep all week? Because Every I did. single time. Yes. It's just <laughs> weeping, open weeping. Every time I've rewatched this movie, and I've rewatched it a million times, and I just I can't. No, there's nothing in the world that can stop me from just feeling like I can only watch it. I feel like once every few years because I just never really get over it after I watch it. It, it it's just you want to talk about a drama like that. This is a drama. This one has just every heart pulling element. It has the cancer, and it has like you know childhood friendship, and it has death, and it has water which I guess makes people weepy. Like there's something about like, like dramatic movies and there's always like a, a, an ocean or a lake, you know, like, I don't know, a creek, who knows? So there's always like a body of water somewhere in these dramatic movies where you're just like, ah, let's, let's look at the ocean and weep. Okay, I guess we're doing that now. This is the part of the movie where we just weep at the ocean. Um, but it also has an awesome soundtrack. And it, it's one that I would just play over and over and over again. So many songs that I, you know, still know by heart. Like, I the, the know you by yeah. heart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes, that, that's definitely one of them. Um, oh, Industry, which is one of my favorite Bette Midler songs. And um, it, it's presented in, like, th this little part where she's in, in, in a play, and it's supposed to be, like, a really bad play but I'm like the song is solid like what are you talking about like I used it for an art project once um about the the um, effects of industrialization on the world and I was a photography project and I had uh a it was a mixed art thing where I had like a, a tree branch and just like rotting and whatever and and you know the effects of it was this whole thing it was you know my art is very dramatic sometimes. Like I've learned to kind of like tone it down, but you know, early days, Carla in art was, was a mess and yeah, everything was like out there, but yes. So those were my, my dramas. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just tell you why I was laughing. When you said cocoon. <laughs> yes, please do. Because I don't want to be confused anymore. <laughs> so and I, w and I wish I could find the tape. I, I used to make tapes all the time. Like I'd pretend like, you know, it was the acting thing in me. And I would make tapes and pretend like I was hosting like a show, like a radio show. Hey, I'm hosting a podcast. What do you know? And so I would be doing very dramatic things. And I would do this over at like, my grandfather had this amazing sound system. And so I would, if we would go over there for holidays, I would do that. And we would, we're going to go to a movie as a family, like a bunch of us. And everyone's like, let's go see Cocoon. And I'm recording at the same time. And I'm like, wanted to see Back to the Future again or something like that. And I'm like, I don't want to see Cocoon. I like, totally threw a fit on this recording. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. I, I really, really need you to find it. Because I hate to I know. <laughs> young Aaron have a fit. <laughs> I, was just like, I don't want to see cocoon. 
and then another one was Silverado, or was another one? I'm like, no, I don't want to see Silverado. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I was laughing. Oh, that's funny. So sorry, interrupted you. <laughs> Sometimes those memories just give us the giggles, you know. Yeah. Oh, thank That's you for bringing good. that into my world. I am so much happier now. I'm a much more complete person having heard that. You're welcome. And Judy, did Carla steal any of your dramas? Actually, she didn't. I Great picks. Great picks. I am a huge Beaches fan. Bette Midler is my all-time favorite celebrity, um, other than Misha Collins. I just, I love her to death. So, uh, yeah, I know. And I still listen to the Beaches soundtrack all the time. Um, and, again, cry every single time I watch the movie. Yes. So, yeah. Baby Mine, her version of Baby Mine is the one that I sing to my son. Same. And I've sung it, I, I've sung it to him since before he was born. Like, he was in the womb, and I would sing it to him. And it's... You know, when he's particularly having a hard time falling asleep or just calming down, like he'll ask me to sing it to him. And it's just now he's eight now. And just now he started to sing it along with me while I sing it. And he, he always has like the, the biggest smile on his face. Oh my God, that brings such memories. I did the exact same thing. Um, when my two were little, I'd sing a song to them every night and my one son Aaron his favorite was baby mine and almost every night that's what he requested so <laughs> memories <laughs> so yeah my three favorite dramas um were different I had Amadeus as my top favorite I think I stole one of Aaron's <laughs> oh gosh I love that movie it's just so unique and so beautifully done. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a, a made up story, you know, like Salvieri was a real person, but they didn't necessarily have this, you know, contentious relationship where he caused Amadeus to go crazy or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought the performances were incredible, the costumes, mm -hmm. the just everything about that. And they weren't afraid to like, make it a long movie because you know that's that's the story that they needed to tell so there was actually an I remember going to see it and they actually had to they put an intermission in the middle so you could like go out and get oh, some yeah. more popcorn and I think that might have been like the first time I'd ever been to a movie where they actually had to put an intermission in because it was so long <laughs> but yeah Amadeus uh, for anybody who's younger on this and hasn't seen it go do so um you will thank us it's a beautiful movie mm -hmm. next one i have on my list is dead poets society um this is a robin williams who he's another one who in the 80s and through the 90s but i feel like especially the 80s was just killing it you know with mm -hmm. great movie after great movie after great movie and he was so funny and so over the top and so full of life. But when he started to steer towards dramas and really show his dramatic acting chops, it was like, wow. <laughs> he was so, so good in those. And there's there was just this immense vulnerability to him and intensity. I don't know. They just just had one of our greatest losses um, was, mm -hmm. was Robin Williams. Um, but yeah, Dead Poet Society, and and it had a really big impact on me 
because I, I, I always think back to, you know, it, that movie in particular, the lesson is embrace life and seize the day and, and live, you know, what do you say? Like suck the marrow out of life or something along those lines. And I really do try to live my life that way. And so that I, I felt like it had profound impact and, and ins, inspiration on me. So Dead Poets Society for sure. And this last one, I'm, a, I'm tossed between a couple, but I am going to go with Glory. Glory is the story of the, um, and Denzel Washington, <laughs> uh, but it is the story of a, a Black battalion in the Civil War, and I'm not sure if they were called battalions or companies, I think company, and how horribly they were treated and, you know, they didn't get uniforms and boots and they were freezing and didn't have enough food and all this kind of stuff, but they were all also so dedicated and so you know, they wanted to be there to, to fight for this cause and they ended up helping to turn the tide of the Civil War. And it's just this heartbreaking movie, but the performances across the board, there were just so many great performances in it. Again, Denzel Washington, and I can't think of the other guy's name, but Ferris Bueller. Matthew Broderick. Thank you. Matthew <laughs> <laughs> Broderick was amazing in it. Carrie Elwes was in it. Um, Carrie Elwes played uh, Matthew Broderick's best friend. And uh, yeah, it was just... It's just so, so good. Go go watch it if you haven't. Yeah, we talked about that when we covered Denzel earlier. Oh, okay. Too, for sure, yeah. Yeah, well, Judy took two of my dramas. Oh, sorry. So... <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> it's okay. I have This is actually the one I probably have the most for. Oh, so. Yeah, and Sasha. I'm afraid I'm going to steal more of yours. Um, so my number one drama is The Outsiders. Gosh darn it, that's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've read the book probably 15 times. I've seen the movie countless. Oh my gosh. How did I, I read forget all of her books? One? I was, she's very problematic, but oh, as mm-hmm. Hinton, I read all of her books when I was, oh my God. Yeah, her and Judy same, Bloom. Same, her and Judy same. Bloom. Were, oh. Yeah. So The Outsiders is my number one. A, because I love, 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 love that story. B, because for those of you listening that don't already know this about me, I used to teach in a residential treatment center. And one of the stories I worked with those kids was uh, The Outsiders. We would do that book with them. I would do that book with them every every year we did that. And then when I taught in high school and I had kind of like a homeroom thing, we always did outsider stuff because it's just very near and dear to me. And then my husband for Christmas one year got me a signed copy, S.E. Hinton signed copy of Outsiders. And then Ralph Macchio and C. Thomas Howell came to Denver Comic-Con and I got them to sign it. And so I had them, I'll have to show it to you, Aaron, because I see your face, but I had him sign in gold Sharpie, stay gold over the page. He's like, you want me to write it over the words? I'm like, uh, yes. And he's like, I don't like, it's over the words. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. But it was funny because when I had them both sign you know, because it, it was like, let's do it for Johnny, stay gold, like all the, all the stuff. They were both like looking at the book, like, I haven't read this in so long. And I was like, <laughs> and then, you know, somebody outed me as a teacher and they signed a, you know, the 
iconic picture that has all of them on it. Mm-hmm. They signed it to Miss Sasha's classroom. Um, and they both signed it and said, let's do it for Johnny. So the Outsiders is very like, I just, I love that whole story. I love the dynamic. It's just, they, yeah, I'm sorry, Aaron. I didn't mean no, to No, now I'm, I'm, I'm okay with you stealing it now with that story. Okay. <laughs> if I didn't <laughs> have a story, then. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many readings that you can do. I just, I love the book, the, the movie. There's so many interesting ways that you can interpret it and read it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great for kiddos that feel other, and especially yep. ones that are in kind of treatment facilities. So it was a lot. It The kids really appreciated it. Um, and they understood it, I think, better than, you know, some of the mm-hmm. other staff that I worked with. But it was fine. That, that book, it, it really struck a chord with me because I, I read it soon after we moved here. So a lot of the the themes in it resonated with me as somebody who, you know, coming here from Mexico, all of those feelings, being in a private school, but not having private school money. So I I got really attached to like the the story and the characters. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I've reread that thing to death. I mean, I I could, Mm -hmm. there was a time when I could probably like just tell you the book. I can still like re- recite the first paragraph word by word. I think <laughs> I've read it so many times. So I think good. I'm on like my twelfth copy of it somewhere because they just nice. die. Yeah, um, same with yeah, same. Thing. Yeah, and and the Stevie Wonder song in the movie and mm-hmm. oh, it's all gosh. just so yeah. So the Outsiders. All right, so my next one. I'm hoping. I know I'm going to steal it from Erin and I'm going to apologize, but I'm hoping it's one of her alternates because we didn't make it to that episode I know. Yet. I knew this was which I knew you were going to steal this from me. So it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> nope. I'll skip it. No, um, go ahead. Go nope. ahead. Go ahead. No, it's nope. okay. I'm gonna it's okay. It. I have so many. I honestly have so many. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stand by me. Sorry, Erin. I think we share a brain on some of these 80s movies. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely um, on my list. <laughs> Stand by me is just like, it's so much that coming of age like where are you going what is life having you know this whole mystery like there's there's a dead kid let's go find the dead kid like this is gonna be the best thing ever and just the adventure that they went on was a lot of fun to watch uh the leeches scene will always always be in my brain like that's emblazoned i went to Honduras with my husband and the kids to go meet his grandmother and the kids were in a river and all I could think was leeches. And they came back and they're like, we ended up with leeches. I was like, Oh God, of course you did. But they were like little itty bitty teeny things. They weren't big, scary leeches, but I was like, of course you did. And I'm like not wanting to put my feet in the water because I'm convinced I'm going to die from leeches. It's fine. The whole, I just, I love that adventure kind of story. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland was a bag of dicks. Um, I hated his character. Like all of the older brothers were just horrible, horrible humans. Um, very disgusting. But I love, love, love that movie. So that one. And then I'm going to make a real stretch hard left on everybody. And I'm going to throw out Die Hard. Did I steal yes. that from you too? <laughs> I, I, you don't know how much I loved Bruce Willis in the because Moonlighting was my first like real show that I got into. My first ship was Maddie and David. 
So I had a huge thing for Bruce Willis. For I will always, even though I think he's a dick, I will always have a soft spot for watching him in movies because, but that's okay. I have so many. It's just funny to me that, you, that we really do share a brain. So yeah. okay. it's okay. Hard, which I continue to argue with people is a Christmas movie, but nobody believes me. I um, watch it every Christmas. It is. Hell yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I, for me, I... I just love the sass and the snark in Die Hard. Like, all of it is just ridiculous. It's so over the top. You know, they're doing the break-in. The giant stuffed bear in the limo. The the cop who's, like, on the beat and not supposed to be there. You know, like, everything is just ridiculousness. And I just, I love, I love Die Hard. I had to put that one in because Judy stole Dead Poet Society. Because <laughs> Die Hard was an alternate, but. See, I almost didn't put Stand By Me down because I knew you would because you were supposed to be on that episode. We will do that episode, I promise. Yeah. Plus, I cannot believe you didn't say how amazing River Phoenix was. Oh my a God. Gift. A gift, a gift. Gone I still mourn soon. that loss. Just absolutely one of the greatest actors we have ever, 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 ever had. Can you and, imagine? Oh my, he would have like a shelf of awards and I, he would just I be. Can't even. Well, and I wonder if that's why. One of those movies that yeah. treats young people or kids or young people like people, mm-hmm. like with respect and, you know, it gets an internal view of, of, you know, the life of 10, 11, 12 year olds. It's yeah. It's, they really did a good job of, of respecting kids in some of these movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, John, a young John Cusack. It was just a phenomenal cast. Yes. It, it really was. Yeah. It was. But yeah, River Phoenix. Oh my gosh. River Phoenix. Okay. Oh yeah. Anyway, before I cry about River Phoenix. So yeah, a bunch of mine were taken by both <laughs> Sasha and Judy. So I'm going through my alternates here. Look at me just sitting here chilling and not necessarily a- invading everybody else's. So I just want to say that it is possible, okay? <laughs> well, it was so good for the comedies and then the dramas came along and it didn't. Um, I'm going to shout out Born on the Fourth of July, which I think is one of the best movies about Vietnam ever. Oliver Stone is problematic as hell. But I love this movie, and I know Tom Cruise is problematic, but I've said it before. I think Tom Cruise is a phenomenal actor, and his performance in this is so, so good. I have a thing about Vietnam movies. It's all because of my dad. My dad was in Vietnam, so I know that's why I have a thing for him. And I just, I love this one. I'm pretty sure I probably saw it with my dad. I don't know. And I know I was too young to probably understand the movie at the time. Uh, but I just, it really hit me. It was, um, I cried a lot. I think the score is amazing. I think it really, really highlights how we treat our veterans in this country that we claim that we love people that fight for this country, but really it's just, we want people to go off and fight for the country and then we don't give a crap about them. It's just when people get to a certain age, they're disposable to a lot of people. And this, I think highlights that, especially during Vietnam, that's a lot of what happened. And I know that, you know, vets would come back and people that were hippies and were fighting um, and were protesting would spit on them, would call them horrible names. And, you know, a lot of people were drafted and didn't choose that. And 
so it's just that to me is disgusting plus you're basically going against everything you're supposed to be fighting for you're fighting for people to come home but you're gonna spit on them when you know and it's just it just really shows the effects of war and how outrageous war is and horrible war is and how we do treat people but yeah just the way we treat people wheelchair users anything i mean the way we treat people who are alcoholics um who have addiction who have any mental health anything going on like he was any ptsd anything like that is just horrible and horrendous and i think this movie covered all of that very well so yeah so i just think it's a it's a great movie i had a feeling that one would not get taken and that's why i put it on my alternate list because i'm like no one's going to mention this one so i will put it on there or probably not um, and then I'm going to mention the movie that is like a John Hughes movie, but it is not a John Hughes movie. And that's St. Elmo's Fire. I love, love St. Elmo's Fire. I think St. Elmo's Fire is amazing. I I just, I, there's a lot of awful things in this. Like Emilio Estevez's character <laughs> is a complete stalker. And it's totally the stalking for trope thing. And he gets rewarded in the end. And it, it's horrible. I know. And Rob Lowe is a very problematic character, but oh my gosh, did I like Rob Lowe in this movie? <laughs> he was my he was favorite. Just a hot dude. Like, yep. it, it was hard to not forgive a lot of things when you look like that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, and and he he played the saxophone, by the way, Carla, in that movie. Oh, <laughs> I think that's gonna remind me. Sorry, <laughs> I was throwing that out there just because you were raving about it. So I'm like, I'm gonna throw this out there. <laughs> You know what? Maybe I'm just demuted from now on. Like, forget it before you like throw something out there like that. Because I say something. <laughs> Punished for speaking. Um, and then I'm going to mention a movie that probably not a lot of people have seen or even heard of. And it is a Keanu Reeves movie. It's not River's Edge, which is also a really great Keanu movie. It's this movie called Permanent Record. Has anyone seen this movie? Uh, Sasha has. <laughs> uh, this is one of the first movies I ever saw that dealt with suicide that I can think of. And it's all about the friends of this guy dealing with the after effects of their friend committing suicide. And there's a whole scene that takes place uh, on the stage. And I can still kind of remember it where they're doing a, they're doing Pirates of Penzance as, as the play. And then they don't, they, kind of break free from that and do a whole song that's basically for him the for the guy who killed himself and it's such a beautiful beautiful scene it's just i i love that movie that movie made me cry all the time i had it on vhs <laughs> watch that movie all the time but it's one of those that not a lot of people know about so that's why i put it on my list because i'm like i am pretty 99.9 .9 positive no one will do this one <laughs> yep Yep. So those are my three. I have tons that I'm going to try when we do our speed round to fit in because the majority of mine are actually drama. So, because unlike Carla, I'm drama all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only part time drama. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I can really help it that I'm not. Drama 24 7. 
Okay, well, now we're going to go on to horror, sci-fi, fantasy. I combined these three because I was worried about time. Because you're and... cruel? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm cruel. Because I'm dramatic. I wanted to bring in drama. <laughs> so, Carla, what three are you going to steal from everybody? <laughs> no, this, this I know. Well, actually, um, okay, I I'll tell you when I get there. But there, there are a lot of things that I had to backlist for the speed round because th this is just one of my favorite genres of, of of movies. Okay, so the first one that I know I'm probably going to be stealing from all three of you is Beetlejuice. Because Beetlejuice is a phenomenal movie. It is just, it has just so many amazing things. The cast is perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. There's just, you know, if you think about the cast in this movie, there's not a single person who doesn't absolutely deliver on their role. Michael Keaton, if, if they've talked about uh, rebooting it or remaking it or whatever the hell they want to call it these days. I'm like, why? This movie is still perfect as, as it is. You know, like, just go and rewatch it. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice and there's nobody else who can be Beetlejuice. Winona Ryder was so good in this movie. And there are just so many times when, you know, like, you ever just quote something to yourself in a particular moment and you think to yourself, wow, I'm being really extra right now. And this is me every time I get a little bit lonely and I think to myself, I am alone. Scribble, scribble, scribble. I am utterly alone. <laughs> just, it's just one of those perfect movies. And of course, you know, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin and... Catherine O'Hara, who has been one of my favorite actors for about forever, in no small part thanks to this movie, because she's just the epitome of the worst stepmom, of the, the worst person that you would want to have take over your house and decorate it in just the most ridiculous style. It's, it, you know, Moira Rose is in, in some ways is like a toned down um, <laughs> deal. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara is just so good at those over-the-top yes. characters. Like, if you've seen her even in those mockumentaries, she's done a couple yeah. of those. I mean, they're all just perfection, and she's just so good at she's that over-the-top. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. And, and, of course, you have the, the, the scene where the spirits take them over. They, they sing Deo by Harry Belafonte at the dinner table. I, I, I can't even tell you how many times i watched that scene, just that scene. For one thing, because I love that song, but then for another thing, because it's just a delightful scene and then it ends and, and the ghosts and, and Lydia are like, yeah, we got him. And the adults are like, that was really awesome. Let's capitalize on this. And it's like, no, damn it. That's not the point. But it's, it's just great. It's great. Back to the future, which has already been mentioned, I know, but I, it, it bears repeating. It's an awesome movie. The premise of it is fantastic. I mean, not so much the whole, oh, he's going to screw his mom, you know, danger <laughs> thing. And that, that part you, you could do without. Like, I, I even, okay, the, I, I was not a particularly quick to get Ooh, things kid. I was a, a little bit, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a little bit, mm, not like great at getting some things. But even I was like, wait, this makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, no mom of his don't kiss him that's just really gross <laughs> but even besides that the michael j fox was an amazing mix of adorable 
and irreverent, hilarious, likable, and a very believable uh, duck out of water in every situation that he's in. There, there, there was like pretty much no situation in that movie in which he didn't feel like he stuck out like a sore thumb. And it really comes across. Like you can really buy that he has this friendship with this super old science dude. Again, okay, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown, another crush. Okay, like I was like, oh, this guy is cute with his science stuff and his his like goggles. Oh yeah, tell me more about him. But yeah, so yeah, 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 another science dad role. I don't know. I don't know. What can I'm gonna get you a hot scientist calendar. <laughs> Yes, yes. Give me all the hot scientists you can find. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a it's a pretty perfect movie. I, I think I love the whole trilogy. The third one is probably my favorite, but but you can't for nostalgia and just for enjoyment. You you just for sheer joy and pleasure you can't beat the first one and then my the, the last one that i'll mention is bill and ted's excellent adventures which th- this movie it's like th- there's exactly one moment in it that i find utterly problematic that i wish were ex- were exercised out and that's where they use um a really homophobic slur because they have like this moment where like they they each think that the other is dead and then like, oh no, my best friend. And then they find each other, hey, you're not dead, you're not dead. And then they hug and then they like shove each other aside and, and say it. And it's like, oh, you had to ruin like a perfect movie. Because other than, than, than that, if they could just like, you know, go just go in there with like, you know, uh, 2021 magic and just take that out somehow. Like when they edited the guns out of E.T. <laughs> Okay, come on, come on, <laughs> like come on. But yeah, the, this movie—it's two best buds traveling through time, and they they meet this rando called Rufus, and they totally trust him. They get into this phone booth, like, sure, dude, no problem. I totally have no issue. And then they they meet their future selves, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's just, it, it's it's. One of my favorite conversations. It just it has so much depth and gravitas. All the woes. Just that. All, all the woes. It's just amazing. It's that between and the dudes. Ted, Ted and Neo are uh, from The Matrix are my two favorite Keanu Reeves um, roles. Just that I can think of at the top of my head. But it just he's so perfect as Ted. And um it's just so much fun. And you have all of these, you know, historical figures coming in and out, Joan of Arc exercising at the mall, and Napoleon getting upset at the at the water park. He wants like he, he he's terrified to go down the slide and then suddenly he's like shoving kids aside so that he can slide down. That just feels very Napoleonic. He, he would totally do that. You could just sense that he was like that kind of douche. To be like, I hate this, I will not do this. And then suddenly it is my favorite thing. Child, step aside. I am the great Napoleon. <laughs> just feel lucky that, that you were tall enough to write it in the first place, man. Okay, just give somebody else a, a turn at this light. But it, it's, it's a lovely premise. I love that movie. 
Didn't they kept calling Socrates like Socrates or something? Socrates. Socrates. <laughs> Socrates. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I agree. It's a great movie. <laughs> I'm glad the other Aaron's not here. She does not like Keanu Reeves. And so she'd be inundated. <laughs> We are going to do a whole month at some point for Keanu Reeves. I don't know. I just kind of felt like that. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be next year or the year after that, but it'll happen at some point. And Judy, were any of yours stolen? Not my top three. <laughs> Although I did have Beetlejuice in the comedy con uh, category. So that was, yeah. <laughs> so one of them is Indiana Jones. Oh my gosh. Did I have a crush on young Harrison Ford? <laughs> The original movie, too, meh, but the first Indiana Jones is so good. It's just so much fun. It's another one of those ones that's infinitely rewatchable. I love those adventure kind of movies where they're just going on a, um, a quest of some kind and... Indiana Jones's leading lady in the first one was terrific. She was capable and funny and um, snarky in her own right. So she was terrific. Yeah, I just I just love the the whole Indiana Jones franchise. Some are certainly better than others, and we pretend that four didn't happen. Um, but those one and three were just both completely amazing and we watched Indiana Jones like so much. That was one of those ones that we like watched over and over again. And I'll never forget my cousin had a birthday party during like the peak of the Indiana Jones time. <laughs> he was a couple years younger than me. So it was probably like his eight or ninth birthday party. And his mother decided to have like a little scavenger hunt around the yard for it. And I remember all the kids, like they thought they were, Indiana Jones because of this thing. And his one little, his one little best friend wore head to toe his <laughs> Indiana Jones costume. And he kept going around telling all the adults, I really like this because I'm very into archaeology. <laughs> so, so serious about it. So yeah, Indiana Jones, great memories for more than more than just the movie, but other reasons too. The next one on my list is Princess Bride which is not just my favorite fantasy, but is my all-time favorite movie. I just love it to death. Every line in there is just quotable. Yeah, like it just, everything is, hits, just great quote after quote of, and comedy after comedy. So I just I just love that. Carrie Elwes, and that's another one with the perfect cast. You know, just everyone in there. Um, Andre the Giant and uh, yeah, all of them. So, so great. And then the third one was tough because there's, a there's I definitely got several alternates in this category, but I'm going to go with Willow, which is probably not surprising with as much as I love Princess Bride. <laughs> it is very Princess Bride-ish. Yeah, it's another, it's another one of those adventure fantasy. Well, I could, I'm definitely sensing a theme here between Indiana Jones, Princess Bride, and Willow. Mm -hmm. I stole the baby! Yeah. <laughs> You stupid daikini. <laughs> we yeah. use I stole the baby for everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In our house, that is the go-to whatever happened. If something's missing, whatever it is, we're always like, I stole the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, a lot of these 80s movies, because, we, you know, we all watch them with our families and stuff. We have so many little inside jokes with our families with them. And that that's part of the fun of a lot of these when we can I can quote them with my family and everybody gets the inside joke. Yep. Well, it was another one. Loved it to death. And again, I, I'm definitely sensing a theme with me and fantasy, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> after movies. And, and and Val Kilmer, who Val Kilmer was my favorite actor. He was awesome in years that. And yeah. Years and years and years. And and go watch that documentary, Val, on Amazon. I do need to watch it. Yeah. Oh, it is so good. Oh my gosh. You will just I mean, the thing that struck me the most about that is how much he loves his kids. It's it's really beautiful. He mm -hmm. the person who narrates and narrates, it's actually his son. But he just has such a beautiful relationship with his kids. And it's just I, I I love it. Just, yeah, go, go watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And Sasha, I know that Judy stole some of yours. Did Carla okay. steal some of yours too? It's fine. It's fine. Um, unfortunately, Aaron, I'm going to steal one of yours that I did not know I was stealing until you mentioned it on your birthday stream last night. Cause it's a movie that nobody ever knows. And that's legend. Um, that's not on my list actually of the, my top three. Okay. So first of <laughs> all, let me tell you, <laughs> I was really salty about that it was sci-fi, horror, and fantasy, like, all together, because I was like, they're their own thing. So I kind of picked one from each. So for my fantasy one is Legend, and it's really a, Tim Curry again? I don't know. It's, like, darkness. Come on! Mm -hmm. When he steps out of that mirror and she puts on that gown, holy shitballs, Batman. Like, what is happening? Oh. I love, I love that. I just, not a lot of people know legend. If they've True. seen it, they're like, oh, maybe I've seen it. I don't know, whatever. It's kind of a lesser known one, but I absolutely love, love, love that movie. Um, I was so scared of that movie. <laughs> I don't I know why it terrified me. It's got scary. I mean, Tim Curry well, is terrifying. His character. Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, darkness. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Darkness is terrifying. The guys. Um, his minions that are going after her trying to get to the unicorn like the one Blix who's like what is it maybe innocent maybe sweet ain't half as nice as rotting meat you know and the black is pitch blacker than the phallus witch like everything he says is like damn <laughs> wow. damn but I mean they're darkness way. right well but to, to me when I watched it because I had watched the Never Ending Story mm -hmm. and somebody was like oh legend and it, it just initially it felt like um, never ending story after dark. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I can and see it that. It was terrifying. And the never ending story was already scary, but this took it to 52nd level beyond that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever rewatched it because I just vividly remember being just like noping out. Never ending story after dark. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. All right. My horror movie, which is not going to be a surprise to anybody, is going to be The Lost Boys. Um, Damn you. I know. I knew, but I knew it was going to happen. What am I? <laughs> so it's. Sorry, Aaron. Yeah, that's my horror movie is The Lost Boys because that was like, I mean, come on. The, the bad boy vibe is just like there the Corys, you know it had that's another one with a stellar cast 
It's the one that has quintessential eighties, right? The soundtrack <laughs> is freaking phenomenal. The saxophone scene. Okay, can we talk about that? Like next time you see that image, you can hear the song. Very girl. You hear the song, like. And there was no reason for him to be that covered in baby oil. Like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> yes, the so, Lost so Boys. Kept the vampires off Everybody's of hair. <laughs> oh, the it's hair. It's the clothes, slick. the hair, the earrings. Everything. Yeah, it was... Love that one. That was um, just good prevention on his part. It, no, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. It's hard to grab you when you're oiled up. You slip through your fingers. It's fine. I'm with you. I got you. I got you. And then for sci-fi, I'm going to go classic Ghostbusters. Just because, you know, I mean, it's the Ghostbusters. Like, who are you going to call? And Aaron's making face. I love how sci-fi. Aaron's about to disconnect you. I know. And Sasha no longer gets to play on the podcast. (laughs) It's on my list. It's in my comedy category. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just... Again, it's that, like, the 80s comedy, like you were talking about Steve Martin, you know, it's Dan Aykroyd, you know, Bill Murray, like, all of those guys were just iconic figures. And yeah, Ghostbusters could go comedy, but I put it sci-fi is where I kind of classified it, just because ghosts and, I mean, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and, like, (laughs) just the, the ridiculousness over the top of it all. I just, I love it, so. Yeah. And Carla's boyfriend, Rick Moranis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We cannot forget about the him. Best part of the movie. He'll be yeah, October. Nerdy for the scientist. Month of October. That must be your jam. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love the it. The whole eighties. The whole eighties was just my my playground. The Fly. Jeff Goldblum. <gasps> Don't even get me started on Jeff Goldblum and the Fly. Or just scientist from. Oof. The- <laughs> And, you know, that was one of the first five. rated R movies I think I saw. Careful, that might have been on Aaron's list. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not on her list because I took all the ones that were already there. Okay. <laughs> and it wasn't on mine, so we're good. All right. <laughs> this one was hard for me because I'm not a big sci-fi fantasy person, honestly. I mean, the exception of some of the ones that were mentioned. Um, I remember seeing, I want to share a quick story about Princess Bride because I remember seeing Princess Bride in the theater and they had this group of actors performing right before it started. It was the coolest. Ex- it was such a cool experience. So, yeah, I just, I it will always stick in my mind because that was actually a box office failure. That movie, that movie became more of a hit later on. But yeah, I just wanted to share that. And also, just uh, for when you said the intermission thing, thing earlier, I meant to tell you, Judy. I went and saw. I know this. I know it's. I know this musical is, is horribly problematic, but it's one of my favorite musicals in the whole entire world. I can recite every single line from every single song in Oklahoma and um when I, I went one of my Shana, favorites too because it's the first one I saw <laughs> oh my gosh and I they like revived it in the theaters or something and I saw it in the theater a theater that is now like an electronic store or something and they had an intermission of course because they have the intermission in the yeah so and that, that was like the coolest experience I was like this is so awesome <laughs> Getting up and walking yeah, out, theater, stretching the legs. It was just so unique and different. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I was at the theater or something. But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, um, well, so I kind of stuck with horror a little bit. And I'm going to go, I'm not going to mention the ones that we covered and that we did episodes on, like Nightmare on Elm Street, all that kind of stuff. 
I'm going to try and talk about ones that are a little bit our poltergeist. I have mentioned this one, though, on our Stephen King one, but I'm going to mention it again. Christine. I think Christine is one of the best <laughs> Stephen King adaptations. I think it's better than the book. I think John Carpenter did an amazing job. John Carpenter is a master of horror, just like Wes Craven was. And I just, I think, and it takes a lot to make a car super, super creepy and feel like the car is alive and the car has a personality. And he did that. <laughs> he did that. And it was just an, an interesting story. And just the scene when, the scene that always sticks out the most to me is when Arnie is finally realizing that probably that his car is like possessed and can rebuild itself and can kill people and all that stuff and he stands there in the garage and he's like show me and she's like showing she i say she like she really wants a living thing but that's the way you feel about her and then she starts to rebuild herself and the lights come on and you watch him and it's almost like watching somebody fall in love it's really the performance is amazing the way it's shot the way the headlights light him it's just absolutely creepy and beautiful. And I, I love that movie. I will defend that movie forever and ever. Cause I know a lot of people don't like that one, but I think it is absolutely phenomenal. Fright Night, I think is one of the best vampire movies ever made. So since the Lost Boys got taken, I will mention Fright Night. <laughs> Cause that is, I think it's kind of tied with the Lost Boys. I think Fright Night is more is scarier than the Lost Boys was. The Lost Boys to me wasn't as scary. It was more like a teen movie but that one's great chris sarandon is really really good in fright night and i actually think fright night 2 is not that bad um so that that's a good one and i actually don't mind the remake of fright night because well colin farrell can bite me anytime he wants to so <laughs> i mean <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a very good criteria to have i'll, I'll say that yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And oh, I want to say with The Lost Boys, and I, I said this last night, I've said it before, but I was so obsessed with that movie. And I wore that soundtrack out. I actually got to see it at Red Rocks this past summer, which was so awesome to see it again on the big screen. Uh, I sent pictures of the saxophone player to Carla. <laughs> she loved that. You know, like all of this unsolicited sax. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, but I had the poster above my bed, and it was. And oh, the I sex went, weird. No, not the sex. It's very specific, Erin. <laughs> the movie poster, the sex. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, but I had that above oh, my boy, bed. Me. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, I loved Kiefer Sutherland, but I also loved Jason Patrick. Oh God, I. Jason Patrick. You should go listen, Sasha. There is an interview with Kiefer Sutherland and Jason Patrick on um, Inside of You, the podcast Inside of You. It is an amazing, because Jason Patrick doesn't do a lot of interviews and they were best friends for a long time and then they kind of parted ways a little bit when, you know, Julie, the Julia Roberts thing, which they sort of mentioned. They don't really want to talk about it, but they kind of mention it. But it's a really, you just, it's really great because they talk a little bit about the Lost Boys and they talk about their friendship and it's, it's really good. And, and you learn, you know, Jackie Gleason was a total complete scumbag. Cause if you didn't know that was Jason Patrick's um, like grandfather or something. And he like basically didn't care about his family and kind of just left them destitute, but yeah, but it's, it's a really, really good interview. So definitely listen to that. So I had and to what throw was that it? there. 
it's called Inside of You is the podcast. Perfect. So yeah, that's into that. And then I am going to shout out this movie that I don't know if anyone else on our panel has seen, but I was kind of obsessed with this horror movie and I don't know why. Well, it's, I, I kind of do, but Waxwork. Did anyone ever see Waxwork? <laughs> Sasha did. Oh my God. I love this movie. It's all about, I mean, it's, it's really bad. I mean, I don't know if you've watched it recently. Vampire Sasha. What? The vampire scene. Oh my God. Oh God. Oh God. And then the uh, Marquis de Sade scene. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and Judy and Carla are both looking at us like, uh, I know. <laughs> oh yeah. Man. I totally get that reference. Totally. These are words I know. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. My kink was already there when I was a young teen. <laughs> I watched this movie so many times. This is a movie about a group of spoiled rich kids. I don't, I, that's kind of what I got the gathering of. And they go to a waxwork after hours. And what happens after hours is the waxwork things come to life. <laughs> and so people enter the display because like the little, you know, thing goes down and they enter it and there's like werewolves and other things. And the vampire thing is super sexy. Oh my God. And then they have a Marquis de Sade. So that's super sexy as well. And it's a lot of women getting off. I mean, <laughs> honestly, that's a lot of what this movie is about. This movie is so sexual and so much sexuality in it that I don't think I got it as much the first time I saw it. And then I kept watching it and as I was older. But if you watch it now, Sasha, it, it's not necessarily as great as it was. <laughs> but it holds a special place in my heart because it awakened things inside of me. <laughs> I didn't know we're there. Oh, I'm so. totally with you. I think I watched it. I want to say I watched it recently, like within the last two years and was like, oh, okay yeah <laughs> i remember it being so much better and so i'm just gonna stick with the version in my head and don't watch the remake which has carla's new character of jared padaletto oh, I, I, I did watch the remake and, and i was like this is nothing like the the best part of that is paris hilton gets killed yes <laughs> in a very that's, graphic that's... kind of way and that's why paris hilton was on that episode of supernatural because she had filmed that yeah so House of Wax was a remake? It pretty much. Well, well, no, House of Wax was a remake of the really old House of Wax. Oh, wax okay. But it's similar to Waxwork. But it's yeah. it's similar, except Waxwork had such a, this sexual undertone to it that That's true. was very different from a lot of the movies around that time. Honestly, I think it was. And there's the scene, the, the vamp, the vampire scene they're all sitting there and they're eating steak tartare, which isn't steak. <laughs> it's a guy's yes. piece of the guy's leg <laughs> later. But it's like this, at first it's very sexual and then it's really gross because they're just like getting and it's dripping down their mouths. And sorry, I'm sure you all wanted me to describe this. <laughs> well, it's got, what's his name from um, Gremlins? Um, Zach Galligan. Whoa, he looks weird. I missed so many horror movies in the 80s because I was a big baby. I mean, I remember going to see Dragon Slayer in the theater, and I didn't I barely got through the credits and was crying in head leaf. And literally nothing happened. Like a guy walks into a cave and I was crying in head leaf. 
<laughs> I, I watched horror like oh yeah. my gosh like i started food. to like towards the end of the 80s but there were so many of like the good early late 70s early 80s ones that i just missed and i really need to go back and like watch all of these classics well i'm not saying you should watch waxwork at all. <laughs> But I I loved it. I, I I watched that like a really embarrassing number of times. I have seen this movie. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, I wanted to briefly touch on John Hughes only because John Hughes to me is very eighties. And we already did an episode on John Hughes last year at around this same time. Um, and so we won't talk about it, him too much just because of time. And I want to give people a chance to shout out things. But I just want to know, Carla, do you like John Hughes movies? And do you have like a favorite John Hughes movie or? I mean, not especially. He, a lot of, of, of the movies that he did, I, I just wasn't really into. Um, the the ones that I that I did like, uh, like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was one that I really enjoyed. I watched it with, with my parents and, you know, just nice memories of, of watching it with them. Weird Science, which is <laughs> for some reason one of... Like my my favorite of his films, even though it is deeply, deeply, deeply problematic, <laughs> which I can see now, but I couldn't back then because back then it was just you know like it, it just looked like fun, like you can bring somebody to life in your computer, not really thinking of the implications of it. Um, but definitely my favorite John Hughes movie is Uncle Buck. That one it just I I love that so much. I love the the image of of uh, John Candy flipping over that massive pancake. And I remember the, the kids, I remember their names were Miles and Maisie, and I remember they were super adorable, and I loved them so much. And just, th- that's one of my favorite roles of John Candy. Oh, oh that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, believe it or not, I'm shutting up now. <laughs> Judy, did you like John Hughes? I did. And in fact, I have Breakfast Club on my alternate list. It was it was tough not to not to pick that for one of the dramas because I, I love Breakfast Club. Yeah, definitely has some problematic stuff. Um, and we can we can talk about that. But yeah, I loved a lot of his stuff and, and the Molly Ringwald movies, the 16 Candles, all that super problematic, you know, teenage movies. But also, you know, growing up in that time, it kind of felt somewhat relatable. I mean, they definitely had better, more fun lives than I did. I was sitting at home on Friday night watching a movie about them going to parties. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I loved it. Again, I love The Breakfast Club, that whole famous scene in The Breakfast Club where they're all sitting around talking about the problems with being each of the stereotypes that they fall into is just a really cool microscope on um, the cliques of the eighties. That it was a very, very cliquish time. Yeah. So I, I do, I do, I like John Hughes movies and uh, I, I recognize that there are some issues, but I love them anyway. And breakfast club is one that I can watch over and over again. The funniest thing about Breakfast Club, though, is a few years ago, I watched it probably for the first time in years. Like, I had watched it lots whenever I was younger and then hadn't watched it in a while. watched it, and I'm like, I know I'm getting old, 
because I found myself sometimes siding with the principal. Like, just shut up and sit down. You know? Yes, yes. this is the <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> the man has a point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess that's that's a sign of age. But I watched it again more recently and was like, okay, yeah, that principal really was very problem. He was definitely a, a bad principal. But... As you get older, you could definitely um, relate a little more to the adult characters in there and understand as you're raising your own teenagers how obnoxious they can be. <laughs> and Sasha? John Hughes owned my youth. And yes, I problematic in a variety of ways. The movies, they're dated. They did not age. A bunch of them did just age well. I will always love them. I will overlook their flaws because I love them. Uh, Breakfast Club is definitely my all-time favorite. Uh, I think every boy I ever dated was John Bender. I just, that was my type. I was a sucker for the Benders and it just, it didn't always work out well, but that was my, that was my thing. I probably should have gone for science nerds. I know, I'm like... (laughs) They're cute, but they're not date material. <laughs> yeah, it was just not, it was problematic. Um, and then Carla mentioned weird science, and I have a quick weird science story because they were also at Denver Comic Con several years ago. My husband is a board game designer for fun, but he runs them at conventions. And so lots of people know him and they know his games. He's got one that he does that's kind of based on pod racing from Star Wars. And so it's a really big one. And uh, Elon Mitchell Smith, who plays Wyatt in <laughs> Weird Science, came down and was looking at the game with his handler. And they were like talking and he's talking to my husband. He's like, oh, this is super cool. You know, I'd like to get more information about it, whatever. And my husband does this all the time where he goes, I'm never on social media. I don't do any of that. Just get in touch with my wife, go through her. So I will have random people send me friend requests or send me messages and they're like oh i met your husband i'm like whatever so he's <laughs> like i really like this game like i'd like to talk to you about it whatever and so he's giving him this spiel he's like well here just take my wife's phone number so i gave him my phone number and was like he walked away and i go 12 year old sasha's freaking the fuck out <laughs> he was so cute he never called that i had a crush on yeah he never called but i was just like 12 year old me was dying so i was like i just did i really just give oh my god what is happening 43 year old me is dying it was it was a very bizarre (laughs) surreal moment so yeah yeah uh well same as sasha john hughes was my life my world i wanted to be molly ringwald i just i didn't just love her i wanted to be her when i was a teenager i still have memories of seeing pretty in pink on easter i remember exactly when i saw that movie love that movie his stuff is very 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 problematic uh we mentioned on our on my so-called life that because brian cap krakow is a total stalker we mentioned how he does some stuff that actually ducky did in in pretty in pink and ducky was a complete stalker not a healthy character at all uh that was originally who she was supposed to end up with in case you didn't know that but they changed that ending which i was perfectly fine with them changing that ending i know others aren't but then 
uh, John Hughes went and wrote uh, some kind of wonderful, did some kind of wonderful because he didn't like the fact that the director changed that ending. So he did that so that, you know, the geeky girl this time could get the guy. So just in case you didn't know that. <laughs> and I, I love some kind of wonderful. I don't love it as much as Pretty in Pink. Breakfast Club is one of my all time top 10 favorite movies ever. Just like Sasha, John Bender. Oh my gosh. And he was not a good guy. <laughs> you watch it now. The stuff he does is really gross and disgusting. But who did I love him? That was, that's, oh my gosh. Yeah, that that bad boy that has a heart of gold in there somewhere. And you're just going to find it. And you're going to fix him. And you're going to love him forever. And... <laughs> Okay, so, so there, there was this tweet that I saw recently that said something like, like, 15-year-old me, I can fix him. And then, you know, however old me, I can't fix him, but I want him anyway. That's me. That's, <laughs> that's Seriously, that's, that's like my, I mean, all you had to do was, you know, change it, just give him a leather jacket, cut his hair, be black. Maybe he has some eyeliner on. And that's my ideal and you know that's that was just always the case for me so i loved him and i know it was problematic but i still love him even though i know he is horrible i still love him i do too <laughs> i'm right there with you yep i watched the movie today and again i'm like listen to the principal but i do love the character <laughs> <laughs> the principal <laughs> yeah. yeah so i Don't i get I, yourself I, more repentance <laughs> But I always want to shout out when I'm talking about John Hughes, a movie that nobody talks about ever, and that's She's Having a Baby with Kevin Bacon. I love this movie. I It's problematic as well, but it's more of a grown-up movie. It's about a character moving to the suburbs. There's great scenes in the suburbs. And I just, I love Kevin Bacon a lot, a lot, a lot. I just, I just, I think he's funny. He's funny to follow on social media, by the way. He has a pit bull, so that always makes me love someone more. <laughs> I know that's not a sole reason to love somebody, but it does give them extra points. And I like that he laughs at himself and he can joke around with the whole six degrees thing, which he didn't like at first, but he likes it now. And I just, I really just, I love him. So I want to give a shout out to that. And I also love the soundtrack for that one as well. So yeah, I'm just glad that nobody nobody mentioned Ferris Bueller because I hate, I hate Bueller. that movie so much. <gasps> That's oh, on my list. list. I love that one. I love I love when the movie first came out. I was like, these kids are rude. They are obnoxious. They are. But I was very They're... close to picking that over Goonies. Very close. It was almost wow. a tie. I know. I, I, I just, I hate it because like it, it, it just made something in me just completely, it, it was just like, I found it so revolting that they could be so disrespectful. Just, you know, and, and of course for me, the idea of skipping school was what? Why would you skip school on purpose? But senior skip day, I, I seriously checked with my school to see if it would count as an, as an excused absence because I was like, if it doesn't, then I'm coming. I don't care if I'm the only senior in the school. I'm coming if if it's if it's not an excuse absence. To this day, if I'm in the store and I'm buying sausage, I in my head I'm like Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. <laughs> I just I love it so much. <laughs> Carla, I think you are the only other person I've ever met that doesn't like that movie because I don't like it either. For, for different reasons. I think I think Matthew Broderick is incredibly annoying. I don't not a fan of his. 
Oh, you just lost another fan now. <laughs> Matt, I know. listen to her. Some of us love you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> another person I'll never have on the podcast. That was like... <laughs> He's shutting his laptop right now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he'll be eager to come on your show to explain himself. And yeah. it'll just be like... And to, our guest tonight is Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, explain yourself. Explain yourself. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do with the actors that I don't like if they come on here. <laughs> yeah. Jared Padaletto, explain yourself. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a, a can of worms right there. Well, Carla came up with that when we did one of our last like complete accident. And by accident, she said Jared Padaletto instead of Jared Leto. So she combined. Oh. I combined the two most obnoxious like <laughs> actors on the planet who both happen to be named Jared. That's so Imagine funny. that. Oh, that was so funny. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 what I'll do. And I do not like Sarah Jessica Parker either. So I don't like that couple. <laughs> oh, there's another. <laughs> I've lost the rest of my panel. So we- <laughs> except for Carla, Carla and I are now like. <laughs> yeah, I'm in your good graces for the next five minutes until I say something else that like gets me banned from your, you know, top tier or whatever. You're t- my top tier. No, you're always in my top tier. Yay! Sometimes you go down and peg them. <laughs> Just I'll take kidding. it. I'll take it. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do a speed round. So we're just gonna keep going around. People can name three more movies and we'll just keep doing it till i say time <laughs> i'll decide when we're done <laughs> Wait, so, so we do three at a time yes okay cool and, cool, and cool, we're just doing cool. a speed round so carla the princess bride goonies annie judy oh a christmas story nine to five an airplane sasha teen wolf flight of the navigator and inner space. Okay, Caddyshack. I know it's trouble. Three Men and a Baby, Spinal Tap. Footloose, The New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking, Short Circuit. Okay, Tootsie, When Harry Met Sally. And I'm going to throw a curveball here, but I love this movie. The Gods Must Be Crazy. Has anybody oh, else seen yes. it? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I thought like nobody else had seen it. <laughs> movie uh, i haven't seen it in a long time and it may not hold up but my god did we love it i'm gonna go dark and twisty scarface uh fatal attraction and then i'll uh, stand and deliver uh working girl nine to five uh flash dance et young guns supergirl oh my god God about Young Guns. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. That was a good one. That was a good one. Because Young Guns 2 is better, but that's 90s. It is better, but yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Major League. Yeah. Problematic, but fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. The Gods Must Be Crazy. Oh, wait, no. I said that one already. Uh, Romancing, <laughs> Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm. I loved that one. And Terms of Endearment. Uh, which still yes. breaks my heart every time. <laughs> uh, Teen Wolf, Steel Magnolias, and Karate Kid. Cousins, which I don't know if anyone else has seen that movie. I watched it this morning. Mystic Pizza, mm. which I love, 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 love. Uh, Maximum Overdrive. Oh my God, I love that movie. 
Okay, I only have two left. Okay. Naked, naked gun and Heathers. Oh, naked oh. gun. Naked gun. <laughs> Heathers, of course. Yes. I've got the color purple. Um, aliens. And this this is another oddball, but I have to be, just make a shout out. The original Clash of the Titans. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. I've yes. watched it probably a hundred times because I took four years of Latin in school. And every time my teacher didn't feel like teaching, we watched the <laughs> <laughs> So the one with the owl, right? Yes. The stop motion with Harry yep. Hamlin. Uh, yep. 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 Um, <laughs> all right. I've got, this might be cheating because I'm going to do like series. So the Lethal Weapon movies um, and the National Lampoon movies, like, you know, Christmas yeah. and all of that. Um so yeah, and Top Gun. Oh god, yeah, Top, Top Gun. Gun. That's a good mm. one. The volleyball scene. Yeah, <laughs> has any right to be. Like it's it shouldn't be nearly as good as it is. <laughs> yeah, I yep. agree. And I still can't wait to see the next one. I'm excited. Same. I was mm-hmm. so disappointed when COVID. Yeah. 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 Uh, Real genius. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, dream a little dream. I know people think this movie is trash. I don't care. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. Oh, yay. I've never met anyone else who loves this movie. So. I love it. <laughs> um, that was then. This is now. So it's an, it's mm-hmm. a lesser After known. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. With Craig Schaefer, who was someone that I adored. Yep. So you're all done with your list, Carla? No, I, I, <laughs> no, because I had a whole other section that I just didn't scroll down to. Okay. But it's, it's, that was only three movies, but okay. So it's Little Shop of Horrors, Labyrinth, and La Bamba. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, I'm just about out, but on my last three, I'm going to go back to my Steve Martin list and just list some of my favorite Steve Martin 80s ones. So we've got Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Father of the Bride, Parenthood, Three Amigos, and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, Parenthood and and Father of the Bride is the movie I watch. Used to be the movie I would watch whenever I was really depressed. That was my go-to was Father of the Bride. Yeah, yeah. Parenthood is one yeah, of those. Parenthood is oh, I love so, Parenthood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my last three are gonna be Footloose, Rocky, and RoboCop, which is a weird combo. RoboCop. <laughs> I've never watched RoboCop. <gasps> me either. Me either. I watched it when it came out. Which was a bad thing because I was like nine or ten. <laughs> that's funny. and maybe that's why I never saw it. I might have been too young. I'm not sure, but yep, never seen it. Go watch it. I haven't seen okay. it either. So go watch it. I know it's. I know it's another one that's better than it should be. Like it sounds I like it's know. Honest, I'm traumatized, and I can never ever watch it again. Really? <laughs> okay. Again, I was nine or ten when I watched the super violent oh. movie. I have a bunch, but I'm just going to name three more. Um, this movie, Warlock, it's another horror. Oh, you've seen it. Okay. Yes. I I, I love, love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there was actually a sequel. Of, I don't remember. I don't think I've actually seen it. Uh, Watership Down, which is one of the few animated films that I love. And that's one of the reasons I'm afraid of bunnies, because there's evil bunnies in there. I actually don't think kids should watch that movie, honestly. <laughs> that movie is, it's really dark. That is not a children's movie. No, it is so dark. Yeah. Yeah. And Field of Dreams. One of the only Kevin Costner movies I like. I don't like Kevin Costner. So. That's another person we'll never <laughs> <laughs> Plus a young Ray Liotta. 
But that would be a whole separate podcast called Explain Yourself. I'm writing this down. Explain yourself. So we're going to go ahead and close out <laughs> um, and go around and have everybody say where they can be found. Carla. Thank you, Erin. I can be found on my podcast, Bed, Wet, or Behead podcast, which I co-host with Meg. And you can find us on Twitter at Bed, Wet, Behead pod, on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. You can find our podcast everywhere where you can download fantastic, fabulous, wonderful, excellent podcast content. <laughs> and if you, for some reason, want to go on Facebook, I guess, just look for Bed, Wet, or Behead podcast. Awesome. And Judy. Yep. I am on Tumblr at Angels Watching Over, all one word. And um, Instagram, it's not like fandom stuff. It's just pictures of me that I like. Um, and that is Ballroom Blitz Geek. Awesome. Thank you. And Sasha. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, same as Judy. It's just a bunch of random crap. Uh, <laughs> vegan Geek Chick. Thank you. And it'll lead to your dog as well. You didn't say that this time. Oh, yes. And it will lead to my obnoxious demon dog. <laughs> awesome. And this is Aaron. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you would like to be a guest and explain yourself, <laughs> reach out to us at <laughs> contact the show at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And the next episode, we are going back to the 80s still, and we are going to be talking about 80s music. We already recorded this one. It's a lot of fun, ton of fun. This has been a lot of fun. I'm just going to keep saying a lot of fun. I guess. <laughs> I think you should say that, that these episodes have been rad. Oh, that's oh, yeah. better. Totally yeah. awesome. Totally tubular. Totally rad. Totally tubular. Bitchin'. Yes. But we will have to at some point do this longer, like a month of the 80s or something like that, because this has been a blast. And I'm thinking we might even do the 90s, because I think that might be 90s music and 90s movies as well. So, yes. Now I want to go like rewatch all these 80s movies. I know. I got to find Roxanne. I know. I got to go. You got to go watch Waxwork. I'm just kidding. I'm going to stay shrouded in the mystery when it comes to that one. Thank you so much. <laughs> Go watch Robocop. Okay, Robocop. Oh, yeah, I've watched <laughs> that Robocop. I can probably That's find. Right. <laughs> we both have to watch Robocop. That's right. <laughs> and also, to, since this is dropping Wednesday, tomorrow night we are continuing our live tweets and live streams for the new season of Dexter. If, if you know anything, you know, I've so far I've given every episode a 4.5 out of 5 because I want to give them all fives. But Carla and Jen from my streaming bubble are trying to keep me grounded. <laughs> and failing, if you can tell. <laughs> and failing, because like I made them say, how do you rate Michael C. Hall's performance out of 10 out of 10? <laughs> you can't rate it lower than 10, except for his hair. His hair is absolutely atrocious. One of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> Explain yourself. Exactly. <laughs> 
callback. <laughs> that was awesome. Yep, yep. When I have Michael C. All on, even though I will, I love him and I'll gush over him. I will sneak that in there. So Michael C. Hall, explain <laughs> yourself with your hair. And then all of a sudden he disappears from the stream. <laughs> but uh, those start at 7, 15, 7, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 6 Pacific, 8 Central, 9 Eastern. That's when the tweets start. And then at 8.15 Mountain Standard Time, head on over to our YouTube channel for the live streams. They've been a ton of fun. Jen, my podcast brain twin, is back. She was on mostly American Horror Story ones. And Carla joined our last one, our Thanksgiving one. So I know sometimes it's too late, so she doesn't come and hop on. But hopefully she'll be on. We have I'm a Dexter. She's, <laughs> we have a Dexter bingo card and everything. And they're just, they're so much fun. We spoil everything, though, on those. So be warned. And then coming really soon, we'll have our special Dexter episode as well. Just talking more in depth about the show and not as goofy and silly and not as much talk probably about his hair but we shall see so i'm not gonna be on that one no you are on that one. <laughs> it's you and jen so it probably will come up <laughs> and the mouth breathing. Don't forget the mouth breathing yeah look yeah look up his hair uh, and the mouth breathing <laughs> That's both you and jen bring it up so <laughs> it's there regardless but until next time remember it's a fandom thing black lives matter and stop asian hate